Yo, yo. We back. We back. <laughs> Team Supreme Podcast episode. I was just looking on SoundCloud. I forgot which episode we're on. Nine. Episode nine. <laughs> episode nine. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're still on season two. We're just taking like three week breaks in between <laughs> each episode. Just kind of knocking these out whenever we get the chance. <laughs> we actually got somebody uh, as a guest today. Um, somebody that might be a little unexpected. But uh, definitely, uh, you know, learned a lot from kind of talking with him. Yeah, um, huge insight into like just a different part of this music world. And mm-hmm. I mean, just spill the beans. I'm sure you saw the title of the episode. It's Sira, this our homie Sira, who I called Sarah for a full year, maybe two years, and who I am now dubbing Sriracha Sauce. <laughs> <laughs> just change change your name to sorry he's still here so we're going to roast him a little bit more <laughs> change your name to S-R-I-A so it's like Sriracha <laughs> Sriracha so it's even more confusing how to say it you know <laughs> no just fucking with you um, mm-hmm. yeah so Sira had some awesome insight into a lot of what we talk about here mm-hmm. and uh, you'll be hearing some of his beats as well in the uh, in the gaps in between you know interview yeah he's a producer as well if you didn't know that he played a dope beat back in the day when we had our la pass the ox so uh yeah mm-hmm. speaking of pass the ox we actually have a couple episodes of pass, pass the ox recorded um yeah. and where were those recorded then because you were kind of part of that right you... yeah me and uh kate uh dot went to canada and we played a couple shows and they wanted to do a little pass the ox with us so we hosted it and it was really cool to like hear um what everyone was making out in Canada, we, we went to Edmonton and Calgary. So I was like, I mean, you'll hear it. So Dope. those will be like, probably we'll either put that out as like the next couple episodes or we'll just put them to, together with, um, all the other past oxes and kind of like make that like a different kind of series but, collection. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, man. But yeah, before we get started with Sira, we're going to read some questions. Um, got some emails. If you guys want to keep asking, asking us questions, it's, the team supreme podcast at gmail.com um send us you know stuff you want to ask about yeah i don't know yeah anything, <laughs> anything music advice production advice business whatever it might be hit yeah, us up for sure uh, all right cool so this is the first one the first one is, is from a dude named kurt i'll stop saying your full name so if you guys email us <laughs> i won't like put you on blast yeah. like in case i don't know <laughs> kurt says hey i had a question Hopefully you can answer it on the podcast. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Do you think it's more effective to release tracks individually and more often or put out EPs every couple months or so? Ooh. Thanks. Awesome. Uh, thanks for what you guys are doing, Kurt. Thanks, awesome Kurt. Awesome question. Good question. I'll go, I'll go first on how think? I kind of feel. Yeah, what do you think? Because, okay, when we started Team Supreme, I noticed that like we would make a song every week. You know, As Penthouse Penthouse, I would make a, a Penthouse track every week for the Cyphers. And we naturally would just throw them up on our SoundCloud as one-minute unfinished tracks, really. And uh, that, I think, did a lot for us. You know, releasing that much material early on did a lot for us to kind of get the ball rolling. And I think that as time progressed, you know, now we're kind of focusing on EPs and albums. We kind of pull back on releasing monthly or, or weekly as we used to. Um, and kind of slowed it down. So I think like when you're younger artist, it's I think a little more important to release more consistently. And then once you kind of develop your craft a little more, you can kind of focus a little less. But that's 
my own experience doing it. Everybody's yeah, got their no, own way. I, I would agree. Um, I think like music is very like, uh, I mean, our, our modern music, like ability to just release things like back in the day, no one even had this choice. It was just like, are you a major label artist? Cool. No yeah. one gives a fuck about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But now we have so many opportunities. I think, I think you just kind of play it by ear. Like if you made something yesterday, that's like, wow, this has to come out this week. Mm -hmm. And like, obviously there's a learning curve. Like you might be wrong, but you know, over time you'll figure out like, like I feel like I'm kind of, I'm kind of in your camp. Like what you just said is exactly the same as me. Like I used to put out tracks like maybe multiple a week Mm -hmm. when I was like starting great Dane. But over time, like, I slowed down because like one, the expectation got higher and I was like, well, I don't want to just drop a like DIY, like middle of my, like whatever project that's not completely done. But also I think there's a, there's something to be said about not doing that too. Like Thomas like mm-hmm. never stops. Like he just drops tracks all the time. Like, sure. So I don't know. I don't think there's any right way to do it, but just do it by like feeling like if you feel like you're getting better and you want to show off your stuff and like, you're kind of like just getting started, just put it out. Like what do you have to lose? Yeah, <laughs> just see what happens. You can always make up different alias names too, you yeah. know, like you can you can try out different styles. You can just release songs solely on Team Supreme Cyphers and we'd be very happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. That's a great way actually to even just start casually putting out stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, cough, cough, uh, Sriracha Sauce right here. Hopefully <laughs> he gets started getting some tracks up on Cyphers soon. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like, I, I, I definitely agree. It is different for everybody, but yeah. At least the Team Supreme way, I think, for the most part, has been like release kind of consistent as much as you can. Yeah. Keep them, keep them coming. Exactly, yeah. Yep. And it's supposed to be an artistic expression, so it shouldn't be like this... Force. ...businessy, like, oh, like, yeah. you gotta like... Like, worst thing that could happen yeah. is that nobody listens. <laughs> yeah. And like, second worst thing is like, oh, it blows up, but you didn't have a plan. It's like, that's a great problem to have, you know? Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. like, then you figure that shit out later. Yep. I don't know. Good question, though. Yeah. Okay. Got another question. Uh, this is from Joel. Joel. Wanted to follow up with the GTA video. What's GTA video? I'm trying to remember what that is. GTA video. Ah, let's keep reading. Let's see. Being the yeah. Icon Collective video, and Julio mentioned how him learning music theory took his music further and i just wanted to get your opinion on that music uh, theory getting your music further definitely oh uh, gta the djs yeah yeah. oh gotcha. yeah yeah producers uh, also when it comes to writing melodies are you guys usually writing with the midi keyboard or clicking the midi patterns also this might be a stretch but if you can get what's so not on the podcast for an interview that would be epic his music is amazing he should curate and provide samples for a cipher as well. All right, I'm done. You guys are the shit. Okay, thanks, Joel. Those are actually all really good questions. Really good questions. What's so not? This is your, uh, we're calling you out. So you need to come on the podcast. Yes, Joel exactly. Joel requested it specifically. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like we've had, we, he's shown us some love, right? Mm-hmm. Is it just one dude? Definitely. Mm-hmm. What's so not? Yeah. It's all, a possibility. We can do it. Also GTA. We should have him on the show oh, as well. Fuck yeah. For sure. Um, okay, so it's questions. The first one was... Will learning music theory help your music? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Like, start with that. Do that first. Yeah. Like, that's I'll, what me and Preston, like, I mean, we kind of, we probably just don't even think of it, like, 
that regularly, but we did, that's what we did first. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I, I don't think that music theory can make your music amazing just by knowing music theory. I know a lot of people that have gone through full-on music school that can barely write a track, you know? So it, there's a lot to the equation to, like, making music, but, um, but music theory hurt. can never hurt. It's no, yeah. always going to help you out. Always. Um, i trying to think of an example. Um thought I had... Just, oh, just knowing, you know, like... Five one like that exactly concept. like that's a big five yeah exactly knowing knowing simple turnarounds knowing how yeah. to change from major to minor like yeah. you know things like that um yeah there, it's really pop especially if you're listening to pop music just know that like all that stuff is pretty much the same formula written over and over um but if you understand that in theory you can apply it to your music and um kind of play around with that like it's, you got to know the rules to break the exactly rules. yeah Exactly. But you don't have to be like Mozart, obviously. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. Yeah. Also, like if you're if you're writing hip hop and you want to get that you know how like hip hop like old school hip hop at least, you want that kind of vinyl-y resampled type of sound. Nowadays you can't just go and steal samples as easy as it was in the early nineties. And um, you know, a lot of the producers that I know that make dusty hip hop, they literally will spend time making their samples and then remixing their samples. But in order to make those samples, you need to know theory. So, um, you know, I remember, uh, DJ quick, I think it was DJ quick, uh, was talking about how he had to like teach himself music theory. And then after like the nineties, when all the lawsuits happened with, uh, with sampling people's music, he literally had to like teach himself music theory. So he, because he couldn't sample people's shit again, like, and yeah, it's it's definitely important. Definitely yeah, important. For sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, in like, I'll move on, but I think what I would suggest is everybody just go take, like, one year of piano lessons. That's yeah, probably the simplest definitely. way to do it. Go on Craigslist. There's probably some, like, struggling pianist in your area that's, mm -hmm. you know, way overqualified that will do it for cheap. So just hit them up and... You know, that that is like the basics of learning music theory is just taking piano lessons. Totally. So that's my advice. Or YouTube. <laughs> or YouTube, YouTube, yeah. Even more <laughs> even more free. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Melodies, I think, is the uh, second question. When it question. comes to melodies, are you guys writing with the MIDI keyboard or clicking the MIDI patterns? Hey, what do you do? I'm I'm mostly mostly working with audio these days, like even for melodies. I mean mm -hmm. I'm never like writing MIDI in ever. Like mm. I'm I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying personally i I, I don't draw it in ever because I feel like it's really slow compared to like what I want to do. Mm -hmm. But I've seen some producers that do write it in that are like amazing with that shit. So there's no like right answer. But. Yeah, I think I've heard like Sam Gelletry, like is, all his melodies are completely typed in, which is like insane to me, like the amount of work that it must take him to do those crazy melodies. I, that's a I don't know if that's true, but that's what I've heard around. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely different for everyone. I'll definitely suggest though, if you're writing vocal melodies, you have to be able to sing the melody. <laughs> don't try to write a vocal melody on piano and then hand it, you know, to a singer or try to sing it. It's never gonna sound perfect or, or that that vibe. So yeah, if you guys are trying to write songs, you got to get comfortable singing singing those melodies out. So yeah, I would mention that. Um, also, if you're if you're new to writing melodies, like you've never done it before, it's definitely you can't think about it. You got to free it up. Um, so either play it on the keys. If you're not good at keys though, and you're writing melody, uh, something that I saw Jemba Jemba do a long time ago that I still do every now and then is I'll literally just if I'm writing a track, I'll figure out what key the song is in. Then I'll open up an audio track, throw on auto tune, and just set the key and the scale of the song in auto tune. 
put yourself behind the microphone and just start and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm literally gonna auto-tune what she just did. <laughs> Get it. T-Pain me out, please. That's gonna be so tight. Put me on the hard retune setting. Yeah, yeah, just set up auto-tune, do whatever you can to get yourself in the scale. So you, it, I was actually doing that today. Like, Really? So you exact, do this? Yeah, yeah. That's funny, that's awesome. Yeah. So you just Fun. just for experimentation, right? Mm -hmm. Just to come up with something. Yeah, you'd be surprised at like how easy that, it is to come up with a melody by doing that. That's like, a, another crazy. like you can basically do the same thing if if you're writing melodies with like you know a synth or something. Throw the like Ableton scale on there, like figure out what key you're in. Oh yeah, and then every hit note you hit will be right. Perfect. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Twenty eighteen guys, come on. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. Well, that's enough. Next question. Next question. Okay, this is from Elijah. Hey guys, it's Elijah, all the way out here from Charlotte, North Carolina. Ooh. Shout out to Charlotte. I was wondering if you could go into detail with the Icon Collective program in LA. And it seems like you learn a lot from your teachers and classmates. At the same time, I feel like a lot of kids show up thinking they're going to be the next nightmare. LOL. <laughs> being on a collegiate team, I realized that being around like-minded people is the fastest way to reach your goals. And I've learned that highly, val that highly value relationships... What? And I've learned that highly value relationships when it comes to being an athlete and producer. I really want to know. Something, okay. I kind yeah. Of, yeah. I really want to know if the relationships I'd be building and the program is worth the money. Considering $18,000 could help jumpstart a career in music other ways. Mm. I'm so glad Ableton made the Strength in Numbers documentary two years ago, right as I was jumping into production. I, was, I go back to that video anytime I need some inspiration. I hope this email wasn't too long. Thanks for everything. TS is the best, Elijah. Well done, well written. <laughs> yeah, good uh, question. Also, good question, man. Good question. I I will say I I I actually work at Icon Collective. Dane was working there for a little while. Kind of stepped out this semester, but you know, there's a lot. There's so many producers. There's like uh, how many teachers do we have? It's like thirty teachers at Icon. Um, so yeah, we roll deep. But um, definitely, we get a lot of students that are trying to just do the EDM thing or become the next Jaws or Nightmare or whatnot. And, and that's fine. I don't really see a problem with that. There's also a lot of students that want to, you know, um, learn how to just make music for themselves. There's mu students that we have that want to learn how to make music for money and business. Hip-hop students. It's um, As the years go by, the icon gets more diverse in terms of the, the, the styles of music. And I think that's a lot reflected in just music in general. I think... You know, for a while there, electronic music was all kind of EDM or most of it, and, and now it's really branched out. So there's a lot of different producers out there. Um, as far as, like, is it worth the money to go to that school? Um, I think it's very subjective. It's different for everybody. It, yeah, it depends what, what that amount of money means to you. And, yeah, um, totally. I think, yeah, I will say, if you're a producer that is just barely getting started with producing, just barely getting started... If you come to Icon within one year, and, and this goes not just for Icon, but for any other music school, I think in LA or New York or wherever the main music production schools are, um, you know, one year of a, a curriculum like that can really accelerate your progress as a producer. Um, just getting the basics down. It, it won't make you the greatest producer in the world, but at least getting the basics down, it'll accelerate that process. I think the students that I teach learn... What I learned in three years in one year, 
Yeah. That's kind of what I put together. I think I would say that there's like a, a like a sweet spot, like not just Icon, but any production school. I think there's a sweet spot where, first of all, if it's if you have the money that it's not going to like make you broke. If it's going to make you broke, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Because like, like you said, like there, if you have, if you're saving up for it and you actually really want to do it and you've done some research, then do it. But um, yeah, I wouldn't go broke for it. But I think there's a sweet spot with knowing too much and knowing not enough. So if mm-hmm. you're a producer who's been kind of getting your basics down and you sort of found your style, I think I, th- I would say that's a good time to like mm-hmm. invest in some sort of production school. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is a, a spot that's when it's too early. Like mm-hmm. you spent money on this, on this school and you're just learning stuff you could have learned on YouTube. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But then there's also maybe a, another genre of you know producer who's a little bit too advanced where it's like okay well i knew most of this stuff and Mm -hmm. you know it's you just got to kind of decide yeah and it's like i have students (laughs) i have students that are extremely advanced but you know and they're 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 kind of more of going they go to school more for uh making those connections with all the other producers maybe they're from another state and they're just trying to get out to la and this is a way to get them with all like-minded producers and it definitely can help it definitely can do something so no i feel super lucky like the fact that we like basically got paid to get what they get which is just the the the, like what's it called like kettle like hot yeah like we get basically just a bubbling like simmering pot of people that want to be really good at this stuff hot pot with sriracha sauce on top (laughs) (laughs) exactly i mean that's yeah that's kind of the la vibe i think in general most schools are like that um you know speaking of schools we're actually potentially gonna do or uh most likely gonna start doing um earlier this year uh our team supreme beat clinics so um you know even if you don't want to sign up for a full school there's things like you know we're we're gonna start doing these clinics Uh, most of us in team supreme have taught in one way or the other so yeah it's a great way to kind of reach out and continue pushing this collective sort of vibe um so yeah and hopefully we can take that on tour as well i know we've talked about that a lot of people have probably been asking about that as well but um yeah just know that we're still working on setting up a team supreme tour and doing these clinics on the road because I know a lot of you guys kind of want to get that in, in your towns as well. Hell yeah. Yep. Hopefully uh, that sort of answered your question. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, shit. Okay, look at this. The, the next email, <laughs> same dude, Ho- Elijah. Uh-huh. Holy crap, I just realized I made the last tape. Took me Took so me many so tries. Oh, wow. Thanks, guys. Wow. And Good, yo. This is his artist name, Tijani. T E. What is that called? Apostrophe. <laughs> Apostrophe. J A N I. Tajani. Shout out to Tajani. I don't know which tape this was, but shout out to you for trying and like good timing, right? Right after you asked this question. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Keep yeah. at it. Yo, keep that's a good message to any other producers that are doing them quite often. You, you never know. Just keep at it. Keep at it. Fuck yeah. Okay. Next question. Um... <laughs> oh my God. Okay. L- lonely kid. Okay. This kid. Lonely kid. He's got a lot of questions. I don't know if we can answer all of them. Maybe we'll save a couple of these for the next one in case we need to like stock it with sure. extra questions. Lonely kid asks, who <laughs> runs the Twitter and Facebook account? Okay, who runs the Twitter and Facebook account? Can we? Yeah, we can say that, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we all kind of do. We but all have it like primarily. on our phones. Yeah. But like all the official like professional looking stuff yes. is uh, Greg. Mm-hmm. Which we're going to have. We're going to interview him eventually. He's kind of like the silent killer behind Team Supreme. Yep. 
um, Greg Greg uh, Gertensen. Gertensen. He's a super like talented, uh, like I don't know manager. manager dude. Yeah, and he's been helping us kind of like get back to like you know yeah being a real entity. <laughs> totally. Yeah, he's kind of the reason why we brought back the ciphers and we're we're really going at it again. He's he's yeah he's the guy that primarily runs those official posts but yeah we all we all have access to the facebook and twitter so so if you see keep some your like, eye out <laughs> you see like a ratchet tweet at 2 a.m it's probably not great <laughs> yeah actually it definitely could be great <laughs> but, uh, if you see like you know a perfect perfectly worded thing with a lot of emojis it's definitely great <laughs> <laughs> yeah the emojis are a dead giveaway with greg oh lord <clears throat> his emoji game is on point <laughs> okay opinions on beat battles they never happen anymore. I feel like, Ooh, yeah, I, yeah. Good, good, let's do it, man. I love beat battles. I we gotta bring, battles. we gotta be, bring that back. I like beat battles. Okay, I've seen beat <coughs> battles where you bring material that you've already made and you share it, and they vote on the best beat that you, you know, you you worked on during the week. Um, for me personally, I like beat battles on the spot. Make a track in ten minutes in front of a live audience. That's the best for me specifically, but I think it's just because I'm a producer. So yeah, sure. we we've toyed with the idea of doing some beat battles. So keep keep your eye out on that. We might yeah we might bring some of that back. For sure. All right, let's see. We're just gonna answer one more of these. Sure. Um, Lonely kid. That's that's who emailed us. I don't know your real name, but shout out Lonely kid. Yeah. Like, like coming in strong with a lot of questions. If we we might get to some of these next week. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll answer this one. Uh, okay. When you put audio effects on something and it loses its aggression, what do you use in Ableton to bring that aggression back and not lose the effects you put on it? Do I just put overdrive at the end or add a saturator or Ableton's amp? Ooh. All right, let me try to answer this. Yeah. Uh, you got to make parallel chains, man. Is that what you're going to say? Oh, I, I wasn't going to say that, but that's a great thing to say. Yeah, so... He's saying when you put audio effects on something and it loses its aggression, basically it's it's you're like when you have a dry wet knob on something, you're taking away the dry volume. Um, I mean, I don't know if this totally answers your question because you, then you're going to have a dry signal, so maybe you don't want that. But basically, if you make parallel chains of audio, you can have a dry chain of whatever you're making, and then also, if you want, like double the volume with the effect on it. You know? Yeah. But. If you don't want that, then I guess, I don't know. I don't know what the answer would be. Yeah, no, that's that. That's the key, is having as much control as possible. So either sending uh, or creating a bus and sending all your effects to a bus so you can have the control of adjusting, you know, zero to 100% of that effect if you want, or just muting and, and turning it back on. I think a lot of that, the effect process is kind of muting it and then turning it back on and hearing the difference between the two and deciding whether you liked it or not. So having that control, in order to have that control, keep your effects on a bus. Or if you're just on an individual audio channel, you can just like literally right click on the top of an effect and create a chain within the audio track. And that essentially will create a, a dry wet. You can, you can create one you know, part of the chain to be the dry signal and the other part of the chain to be the wet. I wish I had an Ableton video so you guys could see what I'm talking about, but if you have an effect in Ableton on audio channel, just right click it and then group it and then right click the channel that's in the group and then there's a button that says create chain. Hit that create chain button and you'll boom, you'll have you'll have two channels to affect for that one specific audio track. Um, that's something that I do a lot actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Okay, last question. 
Okay. Oh, this is not a question. This is someone with a <laughs> podcast. Website, oh, okay. Which maybe we should actually look into. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should have one more Lonely Kid question. Okay, we got one let's more. Let's go okay. one more. Uh, okay, let's do the last one. By the way, Lonely Kid, I don't know how you found my Twitter photo, but... Uh, <laughs> Preston's super like secret. Like, I mean, there's the penthouse Twitter, there's the Team Supreme Twitter, but you guys don't know about Preston's Twitter. <laughs> Probably, I mean, he doesn't really post anything, but yeah, it's it's been up there, yeah, for uh, quite some time. <laughs> quite dusty, the old Twitter. All right, okay, last question. Same dude, lonely kid. Uh, let's just skip to this one. If you could share a technique that's not really known to the world, but it's a thing you guys have shared amongst your clique of producers in LA. That'd be dope. I take offense to that, okay? <laughs> uh, but I get it. I get y'all don't want to because there's certain things that you just don't throw out there because it's so valuable. I disagree with that. Okay. Yeah. We came up in this producer world through like the Glitch Mob. They were like the first big people to like really help us out. Yep. And their mentality was share everything. Share it. So that's why this podcast exists. Yeah. That's why we all teach sometimes because sure. we don't have any of those hangups that you might think we do because you sure. said, I don't know. So yes, we'll tell you whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> Absolutely, we'll even like we'll even give each other like patches that we like and like drums and things that we use often. Like we don't hoard those things, you know. I know some producers that do, you know, that hand make all of their sounds from scratch, and they they don't want to give that to other people, or they come up with tech production techniques that they do themselves that they don't want to share with other people. There's nothing wrong with that, but just. As Team Supreme, we don't operate like that. I don't think any of us do. We all share everything, and it, it helps tremendously. Um, so, okay, so one, like, what's a good tip that you have? Oh, 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 man. Um, well, it, it seems like Lonely Kid is a you know up up and coming producer talking about effects, right? So you're asking about effects. Check out Corpus. Check out Corpus in Ableton. If you haven't checked out Corpus, drop that on a channel. Uh, also go through all the presets in Corpus. Kick tight is probably the best preset you can drop on anything that you need to add sub bass to. So like a low bass 808 or a kick drum. If you feel like it needs more low rumble, drop that kick tight on. That's my, I think that's. All right. Uh, that's a good one. Let me think. <laughs> I don't even know. I guess my advice would just be, uh, like always start from scratch. Um, I think the most creative producers that I've talked to or watched produce just when they open like a new project, like it's just nothing. Like, yeah, there's not like a timeline of like build up, drop, mm -hmm. bridge. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if you like that and like you want to make one type of music and like maybe you just produce for a living and like you need to do that, that's mm -hmm. fine. But mm -hmm. as if you want to be like a real, like just if you want to really artistically express yourself, I would say that starting from scratch really forces you to like do that you know? mm -hmm. so yeah and and i'll say along with that try not to save so many versions of your song like a lot of producers go version one two three four up to 90 like i've seen students with version 90 something and it's like at that point you're just second guessing yourself so much like it really hurts that process but yeah unless like, your brain can like keep track of every, yeah uh, like one through 90 and you're like oh this Number four will work for a guy yeah, co yeah. someday. <laughs> I do shit like that all the time. True. Like, oh, this is definitely a guy co yeah. <laughs> Like, instead of, like, this did, just went from being a Great Dane banger to a guy commercial in, like, 0. 0.2 seconds. <laughs> Yo, we're going to need that Great Dane guy beat, like, ASAP. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
<laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I got yeah, a man. bunch of I got a, saved a bunch of money by switching to uh, Great Dane's Geico. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. But then, okay, that's it. Okay, we're done. So I like I like making this podcast after a couple beers, man. It helps. Hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> We get to share all this info. Yeah. And now we get to have a good convo with our friend Sriracha Sauce. <laughs> I thought you were about to say it wrong, but you did. I mean, you went extra. <laughs> Sira, pronounced Sira. Blake Sira. Scourin, just for the record. And uh, as you're going to hear in the interview, there's a Graves producer, and there's also a producer named Graves. <laughs> Oh, he was, <laughs> oh, PJ's the course. one. Graves. There's Graves and there's Graves. That's the correct pronunciation. <laughs> and we'll let you guess which one is which. Uh, speaking um, of PJ, I will say one last thing. I, I, if PJ, if you're listening, prom, prom night, night, by the way, if you're listening to this, you better buy that WRX. And that's all I will woo! say. <laughs> all right. We'll leave it at that. Uh, enjoy this interview with Srirachasa. <laughs> we'll insert some clapping. Is it your hips that remind me of the hills? Is it your eyes that remind me of the hills? Oh, is it your lips that feel like the clouds must feel? And when I get you, it feels just how Malibu feels. Just like, just how Malibu feels. Yeah, just like, just how Malibu feels yeah, Just like, just how Malibu feels Oh, just like I've been riding around the city With no windows, yeah I've been thinking about you lately Welcome back Thank Welcome you. to, uh <laughs> well, what, Can you pronounce your name for us, first of all? Sarah Sarah Sira, Sriracha Sauce. I'm so coming up with your new nickname right now. Every time I talk about you, up to this point, I've called you Sirah. And I, I think you've told me probably three or four times that that's wrong. And I apologize, man. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can forgive it. <laughs> so what's up, dude? I mean, we brought you in here because, like, we're trying to interview everybody that's, like, in this music world that's kind of just around like not necessarily oh like let's just get all the soundcloud producers i mean obviously we're going to talk about you are a producer as well but most mm -hmm. people probably know you from your photography yeah so can you talk about kind of like just give us the whole sira story the syrup of the, <laughs> the <Yeah>. sira story <laughs> word mm. sorry i just threw way too much at you no it's like <laughs> give me your story um. <laughs> well how'd you end up in la well i initially moved down here because I was partway through community college, and I realized I could be doing community college anywhere besides my hometown, which I was kind of itching to get out of. Where's that? Stockton. Stockton. Yeah. Central California. Mm -hmm. Right in the middle of the valley. And all the music that I was... I, I was kind of discovering music blogs, like The Song is Sick, and you know things like that when they were like first starting to pop off in like 2014, 2013, etc. And um, I started to listen to a lot of Carmack and a lot of Selection, and a lot of Team Supreme, and those were kind of the biggest influences, and literally everyone was based out of L.A. I know Aaron had, like, just moved here, um, and that was when, I mean, I know everyone's moving to L.A. now, but a few years ago, it was kind of like, oh, shit, like, everyone's kind of really moving to L.A. Mm -hmm. So I figured I would just come down here, just because I wanted to see these people live and stuff like that. You know. So, As a fan. 
Yeah. You were just a fan coming down here to check everything out. Well, I just wanted to figure... I, I had no idea what I, I was like 19, 18, 19 years old. I had just graduated high school and done a year at community college and had like no idea what I wanted to do. And I figured I would kind of figure that out down here. That's what's up. Yeah. And so, then... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so what like moved you into doing more of the photography stuff, you know, specifically... Yeah. So I started going to Brownies and Lemonade because I lived in K-Town and they were at the Lock and Key a block away from me and they were booking like Graves and Diversa and all these producers that I listened to that, you know, no one else was booking at all. Is it Graves? Well, I, <laughs> Graves. people say Graves with the S and Graves for the Z. So, Wait, so someone told me that a while ago. Which one's the Z? Graves, I think. Graves. Unless I'm completely wrong. I think it's both Graves. No, no, they're both graves. It's just I don't remember like who, a, but so someone said someone. It's like a loving it. like. Uh, it's it's just the way to differentiate. Yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Sorry for stopping you. No, you're good. <laughs> Thanks for no, you're good. Um, I didn't catch that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Brandish was the only people booking these, you know, producers that I liked a lot. Uh, so I started going to the shows, and funny enough, my first recap I ever did was for Team Supreme. Because I was learning music under Dot at the time, and she asked if I knew anyone that had a camera that could shoot a video. And I was like, I have a camera. Dude, I'll shoot the video. Kate. Like, look at this, dude. We've had so many people come get interviewed that, like, we just saw kind of killing it and then realized, oh, like, Thomas, like, became Saruta through Team Supreme, which yeah. is something we didn't know. And, like, this, I didn't know either. This is crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. That's crazy. I, I had no idea that was your first gig. Which, by the way, you crushed it on that gig, That's by terrible. The way. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. I went no. back and looked that in. That's so terrible. Wait, which one is it? Dope. Which, which it was Team Supreme at Los Globos, the TS Takeover. Yeah, that's right. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Yeah, back exactly. Back in the day, dude. Yep, exactly. Way back. That was way back. That was a while ago. Yep. Yeah. Damn. That's funny. Was that the one with No Can Do there? Um... I mean, one, we did a few. There. That was the one where Elos, I think, yeah. took acid and did his setup. <laughs> that would make sense. <laughs> Wait, was this one we already had like not been at Los Globos for a while, and then we went back for like that show? Or was this, this was an unspeakable uh, co-headline yes, co party. Oh. It was like us and Kate's crew, so like, it was all... later, not like the original... Oh, I'm thinking of uh, La Cita. Yeah, no, My this bad. is Globos. Oh, the Globos, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. That, I remember that one. Yep. That That's when one. Ableton came and filmed too, right? Yes, they did. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. for sure. Wow, crazy. Yeah. So you were you were the one. That was your first gig. Yeah. And did you just like enjoy it and you just kept going at it or It was cool. It was really awkward for me because I'd never done it before and I had no idea what to do. And, you know, I was just kind of figuring it out. So it was pretty weird. Um and then like all these guys that I've been listening to, like I remember Mike was there and I was like afraid to walk up to him and say hi. <laughs> um, you know, just because, you know, yeah. I was yeah. just kinda in the corner doing my thing, That's figuring funny. things out. And then I emailed that to Brownies and asked them if I could shoot a video for them the next mm. time they're at Lock and Key. They said yes, and I did it. Again, wasn't very good now, but it looked cool at the time. So, uh, like, pa let's pause right here. and yeah. Like, not pause, but, like, for the photography people out there, I'm not going to even know what your answer means. But for them, yeah. what were you using at the time? Like, what's your uh, like, camera choice? Yeah. What are you using to edit? You know? Oh, like, good question. Canon Rebel T2i, which is like the most basic DSLR that everyone mm. in the world has. Mm -hmm. But not everyone has your eye. <laughs> you got to do a lot with a little. That's and your like, ambition. Uh, that's how it is. Well, here's the thing. This is what I was going to say next is um, Brownies kept throwing shows every week, and I just kept hitting them up every single week. Hey, mm -hmm. can I come shoot? Hey, can I come shoot? They weren't asking me. I was asking them if I could come to their event. And that happened for about 
like six or seven months of me going out there every single weekend and just being super fucking awkward. And this is, yeah, and this is basically you kind of just putting yourself out there, not really, you're not like monetizing this at all, right? You're kind of just like, I was losing money. I was like, I was paying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was running lenses that I didn't have so I could like do a good job and like investing money in it. And yeah, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Invested in yourself and look where it brought you. I mean, okay, so let's skip. I mean, I don't want to skip to the (laughs) end here. Where did you just get back from? Uh, Snow globe. Okay, before Snowball. <laughs> uh, I went to Asia. You just got back from an tour. Asia tour yeah. with who? 88 Rising, which is uh, Rich Chica. Brian, he goes by Brian now. Brian. I know, I saw that on World <laughs> So proud of it. Uh, <laughs> Joji, Higher Brothers, and Keith Ape were oh, all on the tour. Awesome. And Don Kress. So Shout within the span Don of Kress two years, piece. or one year maybe. No, like two and a half. Two and a half years, yeah. you went from like renting lenses and like begging to like you know, film for Brownies and Lemonade. Pretty much. To go into an Asia tour with, like, a very famous rapper. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Yeah. I think it's really inspiring, man. Yeah, oh, that's wow. nuts. So how did all the stars align to get you on that that tour with the 88 crew? It was kind of like in a culmination of a few different, like, opportunities that I had, like, you know, manifested. Like, me kind of making sure that opportunities happened. Like, mm-hmm. going to Brownies every single week for a year was a huge work ethic like builder and it kind of prepared me for something like that because um, when you're doing a recap for like five six djs all in one event it's a lot more difficult than when you go on tour with a rapper and you just film like a 45 minute set mm-hmm. so like that's this is actually a little bit easier for me than like shooting brownies because brownies is a lot more wow. demanding so that prepared me a lot as far as a work ethic as far as getting the actual gig uh, I got hit up one day to shoot this promo stuff for Stooky Sound, and this demanded that uh, Ronin M, that rig that I use, mm-hmm. and I never used one before because I'd always uh, it just looked really complicated before you you know get used to it, and it was kind of scary. I don't know why, but it was needed for that. So I went to the camera store the day before and I asked them to teach me how to use it, um, and then the next day I kind of set it up and I went there and just kind of winged it, and it went really well. And then the manager and I kind of just kept in touch a little bit. Not so much, but he kind of knew who I was at that point. And then he kind of, I think, kept an eye on the progression of things. So he just randomly hit me up and asked me if I wanted to go on tour with Rich. And I was like, Rich who? And he's like, Rich Chica. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? Because <laughs> I, I had no like affiliation with him or anything. It was just really random. It was all through the camera shop? Through the manager of Stooky Sound. Oh, okay. Yes. I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. No, he, no, that makes more sense. He used yeah. to manage Stooky. And okay. then... Um, he doesn't anymore, and then he's managing. He's like the middleman between like a management company and '88, cool. and he reached out. Very cool. Wow. It was only for five days on Brian's U.S. tour, and I kind of went in that with this goal of them asking me to stay on the entire tour, mm-hmm. even though I didn't like directly ask for it. But that was kind of like my goal. So I went in there and like I was helping carry stuff, like I was part of the crew, and I was just uh-huh. kind of helping any way I could, and just trying to be super cool, mm-hmm. like as far as you know, being a good crew member. And then they ended up asking me to come out another five days on the East Coast for like the DC, Philly, the big dates over there. Mm-hmm. And then that went well, so they asked me to come to Asia. Fuck yeah. That's crazy. That's awesome. Amazing. It's all like self-starter, like, you know, no one's teaching you how to do it. You're just kind of figuring it out and like, it's really cool, man. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. So yeah. so while you were on tour, 
You, I'm assuming you guys, you know, is a bus tour when you're in Asia, potentially, or? Not in Asia, because okay. all those countries are all spread out. Gotcha. That was a lot of flights and hotels, mm-hmm. which is really nice, because all these hotels have, like, the biggest, badass buffets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Chinese buffets. Yeah, and then even... Sriracha in, sauce. And even in, <laughs> oh, <buffet>. seriously. <laughs> all the buffets were crazy. <laughs> so, uh, so the America part was the bus tour. Yeah, that was the bus tour. Ah. That was interesting experience you're in these little cots like in the center of the bus that are like well these people can't see me they're like two feet wide yeah. by like two and a half feet tall it's like a little coffin yep. and then there's like this little curtain that you could draw <laughs> so like you're just boxed in and it's really uncomfortable to sleep in but after like two or three nights of not getting sleep you become so tired that like it doesn't matter and you just <laughs> knock out in it and then and then, the then you're good yeah. <laughs> Crazy. And don't never get the top bunk, by the way. I got bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top bunk's the, war, r- the bumpiest ride you'll ever have. <laughs> oh yeah, you went on tour with um, who'd you go on tour Gambino, with? Gambino, Childish oh. Gambino. Oh yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Years ago, yeah, I was his Ableton tech. Yeah, had a similar, just like yeah, experience of like doing a full bus tour. Yeah, the like, job wasn't for me, but it was cool to just experience that and check out yeah, and definitely. see what it, see what it was like. Good to yeah. do it at least once. Yeah, yeah. totally. So, were you specifically on the crew bus? Because I know usually there's like a couple different buses. Okay, you're... No, it was all one bus. Nice. Um, Brian, he doesn't roll with a huge entourage. Like, the homies are like the guys that we work with. Cool. Like, we hang out with like the lighting director and the tour manager and the DJ. We're just kind of all like, you know, it's a pretty small, tight-knit crew. That's awesome. Which is really nice. That's really, really nice. Wow. I think we had five or six people in like a 14-person bus. So, it was nice and roomy and chill. And, like, people didn't get on each other. We could, like, go into a different part Mm. of the bus if we needed to. (laughs) And no pooping on the bus. We'll know the the golden rule (laughs) on tour. (laughs) And it sucks, because, like, right when I wake up is, like, my time. Like, clockwork. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Too much. So, so every morning. this is important information. Everyone needs to know (laughs) about it. The next 12 minutes are about poop. No, it was just funny, because... I would have to wake up every morning and like sprint out of the bus and figure out okay what city I'm in where the fuck am I where's the bathroom like damn did you okay so now you've traveled kind of probably more than you used to do you do you really like it do you want do you have the itch now to keep traveling yeah, definitely yeah. I've been wanting to travel for a while and yeah I just kind of I enjoy it a lot yeah, yeah. for sure that's awesome so are you I know you're doing all of this fr- freelance right <coughs> this is all freelance work are you now kind of like signed up for all of 88 rising stuff or are they kind of hitting you up on the not at all kind of reach um, out because we've only really done like two two things together the u.s tour and then the asia tour um but they just went really well and like you know we developed good relationships and they're really happy with the work i'm using or with the work that i'm doing that they're using so yeah there's no reason it shouldn't continue i'm awesome. in talks with the tour manager right now to line up uh the europe tour nice uh brian's going to europe for a little over a week at the the beginning of March. Nice. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's so similar to the way I feel like it's really similar to the way like we as freelance producers try to like get work and mm-hmm. you know the way we do things. It's it's funny. It's, it's real hustle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Really similar. <clears throat> That's crazy. So did you um did you have to set up a business or anything? Have you gotten into all of that yet? So far, the only real business stuff I have to do is manage my invoices mm-hmm. in a very proper way and learn the language of emails and asking people for things like today while still being like polite and just kind of the politics of yeah. the email game where yes. you need to like get the shit that you need, yeah. yes. but you know, also 
make sure everyone's on board and happy with each other and yeah yeah so how did you kind of learn that like how because yeah like i've i'm not very good at that type of stuff you know like making sure i got contracts or making sure you know how how did you go about learning that or are you still kind of figuring it out or well each project is completely different okay but um for the most part just making sure because when you email it's kind of like it's in writing kind of so Mm -hmm. to speak so you just have to be very very clear on how much you're getting paid what exactly you're doing especially with something like photography because someone could hire you to shoot shows and you're like, okay, I'm working two or three hours a night. And then when you're on tour, they're like, oh, well, you're actually shooting behind the scenes. So that means shooting like nine hours a day because you're literally shooting nonstop. So that's a completely different workflow. Gotcha. Um, so it's just about being very clear in the beginning what's expected. Mm-hmm. And then usually, you know, people are true to their word. Totally. Yeah. And then just making sure you're on top of your invoices. That's what's up. What's up? What's up? What's up? Uh-huh. Making moves off the laptop. Spending pay at the gas stop Cars sitting on a black top Only Uber these days, that's a rest spot Ooh, hands at the right hand Spending pay at the gas stop Whoa, we got me right though Just another day in the cycle Hey, cha-cha, hey, go today She said, ooh, I like the moves I need to stay And I know you were, you know, you were mentioning earlier of like sort of bringing in more income for yourself, potentially doing prints. I yeah. think you were saying, yeah. So the, what, tell us a little bit about that. Like, what are you, what are you planning on doing with that? Yeah, this is something that just recently kind of um, developed. So, like someone on Instagram mentioned it, so I asked if anyone would buy prints if I made them, and a whole bunch of people responded. So now I'm kind of asking my photography friends their input and their experience and learning like what places I can go to, how I can you know, keep inventory of who's purchasing online and then how to package that up, how to ship them. 88 Rising obviously has a huge fan base in Asia, so I'm having yeah. to learn about international shipping, which is like a whole different game. Expensive so, yeah, game. Yeah, very expensive. And yeah. It's like I'm not trying to charge 60 bucks for a print, yeah. so I have to figure out how to keep it cheap for these young fans all over the world. So how does that work? Like if you're selling, like let's say someone in China wants to buy a, a portrait of Brian that yeah. you took... Do you need to like let him know or like split it with him or is well, he like fuck it? Like... For photos, they're my property. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, if I were to have a T-shirt with him on it, that's kind of venturing into other territory. But as far as strictly photos, that's kind of like my property. For sure. And I mean, that makes sense because like that dude, like Pete Souza, he's like the White House photographer. He just put out a like Obama, you know, picture book. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, it's probably like has nothing to do with Obama. It's just like, no, these are my pictures that I took mm-hmm. while I was with, while I was there. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I remember his photo for change, right? Remember when Obama was running and he had that, that photo of his face, but it was kind of in pastel colors. I think that was like taken by somebody that ended up capitalizing on all the money made from that one photo. Cause it was his photo. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's great. But yeah. Yeah. That's I'm so trying cool. to figure out how to do that properly. Cause I mean, what I was immediately going to do is just throw up all the photos and people could, 
you know, drop five bucks on the digital. Everyone's like, no, don't do that because people could print them themselves mm -hmm. and make that kind of money. You need to sell your own prints, yeah. mm -hmm. um, which is a lot more time spent. But and it's cool because you can kind of like cultivate your own following of like, like I like Jay Dilla. I have this gangster doodles on my wall. Yeah. You know what I mean, mm -hmm. like, I mean, obviously drawing is different, but like, yeah. if you have a style, which I think you do. You know, over time, it'll be like, damn, I got like a Sierra like no, I, I do on my wall. a little mm -hmm. bit. Like yeah. my Instagram following is like ninety percent Joji and Brian fanatics, mm -hmm. but I have this little like two that are like, oh, you take really nice photos. That's I like the rock. lighting. Yeah. On this. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Like, you got some Team Supreme fans, I'm That's sure. That's right. Okay. Oh <laughs> <So>. yeah, <laughs> you'll have more. No, <laughs> definitely. Um, okay, I want to keep. I want to ask you about your music soon and like what you're doing with it, or if I'll get into that. But I have my last question before we like move on from the tour stuff. Like, you try to keep it somewhat G-rated, but actually don't. But Ooh. what's the craziest shit that happened on the tour, yeah. man? <laughs> Let's get some, like, Well, there's some stories <laughs> I can't tell because, you know, it's not just me involved and I can't speak on other people's, you know. Okay, yeah, keep it, you know, stuff. confidential. Crazy but like, that some crazy me. shit you saw. You were just in China <laughs> on a rap tour, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, China was probably the most chill. It was the other countries where it got crazy. Um... The Philippines was really intense because, you know, shit's like popping over yeah. there right now. There were shotguns everywhere. Oh, oh wow. damn. Like just driving around dudes in the streets. Like, you know, cops that were just walking around just big ass shotguns. Yeah. There was a McDonald's next door and there's this like mall cop that who just opens the door for people. But he's got like this huge like Glock oh. right here. Oh, like, yeah. why do you need that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The McDonald's door. <laughs> but, you know, uh, lots of that. Um, man. I'm trying to think of something without like selling out your homies. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, some did, you, kinda... did you party out there? Did oh you yeah, like... we party for sure. Okay, um, let's see. He's blushing, dude. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, because he's looking like sriracha sauce oh! right now. So... Insert the, the horns. <laughs> That's hilarious. Insert Carmack fire, 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 fire. You know, one thing that was really cool is when we went to Indonesia. Uh, that's Brian's hometown, so. We had like a police escort everywhere. So Ooh, we came out of the airport and there's all these fans, but we've got these escorts that are walking us to these like black vans and we jump in and we pull into like this dead traffic and there's like a policeman on his bike. There's, there's like five or five of them, but there's two that are leading driving in between the traffic lanes and like physically pushing these cars out of the way, like waving them out of the, out of the way. And like, we were literally like parting the red sea yeah. and like just driving right through it and making a four hour trip to like one hour. Wow. That's Damn. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That was like some presidential, like that's pretty that, that was some G shit. Yeah. That's pretty swag. That's crazy. Yeah. That All right. Dope. I won't keep pushing you, but, uh, when the mics are off, I want to hear about that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Okay, so you came out here to LA basically to come see some music that you liked. You started doing photography because you just kind of got good at it. 
but I know that you came and played a beat for us at our LA past the ox. And mm -hmm. I remember like, even Thomas was like, yo, he played that beat. Like people remember that shit. So tell us about your production goals and like where you're at. Do you still, are you still like equally amped about that? Or are you just more photography now? Like what's, what's your, what's your thought? Yeah. Um, I've definitely focused on it less lately just cause I've gotten really busy with photo stuff, but it's always something I kind of go back to. And especially now that I'm around all these like rappers and musicians, I definitely want to make sure my game is stepped up. But um, it's just something I've taken really slowly because, you know, editing videos and stuff like that is something that I can sit down and power through and like force myself to practice. But music isn't like that. You know what I mean? It's a very, you know, emotional kind of mm -hmm. thing where you can very easily get burnt out on it if you're not feeling inspired. Mm -hmm. So the biggest mistake is I wanted to be a big, great producer before I even started. So I put all this pressure on myself like while I'm learning, which at this point in the game, I realize is like the worst thing you could do. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was kind of the opposite with photos is I didn't really have any expectations. I was just having fun and doing what I could with, I could. And that's why it developed so quickly. So I've had to kind of learn from that and apply that to music and just not put any pressure on myself. And sometimes I'll go a month without opening Ableton, but then I'll come back and things have progressed a lot because I'm just, I don't know why it's kind of weird. Um, cause you get inspired, you know, like you kind of. Like, the tools are all the same. Like, you know what you know in Ableton. Yeah. Obviously, you can get better at it. Yeah. But once you have the basics down, then it's all about, like, what's going on with you? Like, yeah. what can you express mm -hmm. exactly. to, to us? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I do always come back to it, and I eventually do plan to. I just have no idea what I want to do with it yet. So I'm not forcing that. I'm kind of, like, letting it come to me as it does. Um, I do a bit of... I mean, nothing's been released, but I do remixes for people every now and then that just never get put out. Um, I had a remix for Crazy that was supposed to go on the remix EP Lido mm -hmm. that he dropped, but I didn't turn it in on time. Oh, <laughs> um, Ooh, it sounds like your fault. <laughs> no, it is. It totally is. Uh, but yeah, um, kind of the end goal is to develop everything else right now while that kind of works itself out. And then once I have music that I'm really happy with and that I want to present, I can completely control the visual aspect. Yeah. I know these managers and these bloggers that yeah. can help me push it. Like I'll have sure. literally everything in place so that when the music is ready, I can do exactly what I want with it. For sure. That's awesome. Yeah, Ben, you got to give us some beats because like, we'll just splice them in like in this episode. Big time. For sure. See what's up. And jump on a Team Supreme Cypher. Once in I mean, I've tried a couple of times. Oh, we tried. Oh, Preston is me. Cold blooded, bro. Maybe you gotta title it Sriracha Sauce next time. <laughs> maybe. maybe <some> <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Damn. Well, you gotta keep flying them in. No, I do. <laughs> I just, I, I gotta stay up. The on name it. of the game. <laughs> Preston, Preston doesn't give a fuck who you are. Yeah. <laughs> what funny. does this say? You, you, you shut down Saruta's beat that one time too. Remember? Okay. <laughs> He never sent me the track. He told me that I shot him down, but he definitely never... Or somehow I wasn't able to hear it, because I downloaded that Saruta submission, and it's banging. All right. But I'm sure it is. <laughs> I listen to every beat. Okay, if you're a producer and listening to this, I listen to all of your beats. I do not skip a beat, all right? Yeah, we get a lot of uh, emails. <laughs> and... Like you I sure just got a new phone and like I haven't re re like logged into the Team Supreme email. Yeah. Like, just because I get kind of like depressed when I see like, hey man, you didn't even listen. No. <laughs> and I'm like, dog, he listens. I listen. 
I listen. Okay, I'm gonna make SoundCloud a, glitches out sometimes. Exactly. Like, I'll make a disclaimer. So SoundCloud glitches. Number one. Number two. Ninety-nine percent of the time, if your beat hasn't been listened to, you sent me a private link. You didn't send me the right link. But that's why we have you guys submit two links. So you submit a SoundCloud link and a Google Drive, or we transfer another link. So if I can't hear it on SoundCloud, I listen to it on the other link. Now you don't get the play count, so you don't know that I listen to it. But I listen to everyone's beats, y'all. Get so we, out, we out here doing Damn. it every month. It's all good. We got this. We got a system <laughs> set up. Shout out, Greg. For uh, hooking it up with the uh, yo, if you email us that you are mad that we didn't play your track, you're on the naughty list. Okay? You're on the naughty list. <laughs> we still like you, and we'll still listen to all your shit. And you might have a shot, but I'm just <laughs> no, I'm just being a dick. I'm oh sorry. I feel for you, dude. Like, I mean, I've submitted to lots of, like, back in the day. I submitted to a lot of remix competitions. That like, yeah. I mean, they don't even have the like they don't even promise that they will listen like at least yeah, team supreme yeah. listens to all your shit and like preston's out here just like grinding like <laughs> listening to 300 beats in a row relax <laughs> like 600 <laughs> like 600 <Wow>. damn <laughs> all right yeah. anyways that was a tangent we needed to talk about. oh it had to happen i forgot yeah we had to breathe sorry about that gotta address yeah. a couple things real quick <laughs> all right team uh, supreme. keep great. submitting all right anyways i mean yeah we're like almost half an hour here like let's kind of just start talking like big goal stuff and just like what you want to yeah. do and just where you see like 2018 Syrah what do you think what's your goals like just in general you know yeah um goals for this year last year I like paid off all my credit cards uh not all of them there was like two of them with stuff that had accrued from like school and just you know being terrible at driving and shit like that <laughs> Um, and last year I kind of wiped all that out. And this year my goal is to build up a nice savings and quit my job and go full time. Um, I feel like it shouldn't take a full year, but I'll give myself a year. Hell yeah. Um, besides that, just starting to figure out how to build like long-term passive income instead Mm -hmm. of going job to job. Yeah. Cause that's something I want to have rolling by the time I'm like 30, Mm -hmm. not, you know, passive income is just kind of like money that comes in. Well, whether I do something or not, yeah. whether I go and shoot a show, you know, mm-hmm. that weekend or not, I yeah. don't want to have to be. So what? Kind I, of... I don't want to have to take every single event that comes to me, even though I enjoy it. I want to be able to like pick and choose, you know, who I want to work with, kind mm-hmm. of be a little bit more selective and just kind of do things more on my terms versus like having to grind three hundred percent on just whatever I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, smart. Yeah, just kind of developing. I think you're doing it right, man. Because I I remember I went and saw, um, I went to this like Scion. I think I don't know if you were there. The panel, like, oh yeah, they had like some directors and stuff. They had they had Lance Bangs there, and he's like, I don't know if you know the dude from Jackass. Like, I mean, he films a lot of Jackass. Like, Mm -hmm. he's they always cut to him, and he's like barfing, and he's like (laughs) the dude with the visor. No, he has like blonde hair. hair. He's like a fat dude. Like, Mm -hmm. um, but he's done like like if you look at his credits, like yeah. He's a very accomplished yeah. filmmaker. Like he's yeah. done real films. Mm-hmm. I forgot like what his big like real credit is, but anyways, and like someone asked him like, "So how'd you like get started? How'd you do all this stuff?" And he was like, "You know, I've never had a business card. I've never had any of that stuff. I've just kind of just gotten really good at what I do, and then people talk about it, and I'm just like a good dude. Like I try to just always like pay it forward and just kind of like I don't know, just kind of what you're doing. So I think that's a really good. I, I've always taking that as advice for myself as a musician as well like yeah for sure it applies i don't have everywhere. a business card it's just like you just like no yeah. people mm-hmm. hear about you like you're on our podcast right now which not not that that's a big this <laughs> huge, is huge thing, for but me bro yeah yeah, yeah. 
No, yeah, it's crazy, man. I respect what you're doing, and you do it with like a lot of dignity and yeah. Keep it up, man. Thanks, man. It's similar to like the whole Team Supreme like mantra of you know focus on your craft and everything will fall into place. So definitely, it's awesome that you're doing that. For sure. Yeah, it took me a while to learn that. Hell yeah. When I first got to LA, like I was just trying to network, but I didn't have mm. any like work to network for. You know what I mean? That's what I thought it was all about, and then I very quickly learned that you really just got to focus on yourself and. Once I just started doing that and honing in on like the weekly brownie stuff and just practicing and learning as much as I could about my equipment and how to further these things, then like opportunities just started presenting themselves. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. Like just focusing on yourself. Cause like, mm -hmm. that's something I do with music a lot is like, I'll get caught up like, Oh, who's popular right now? Like they're, they sound like this or they have yeah. this, this amount of production skill. But like in reality, your people that like you aren't like, from afar like watching and like comparing you to that dude that you're no. comparing yourself to yeah. they're just kind of like waiting like oh well, I wonder what Sierra's gonna do next yeah. you know yeah. and if like if in the music sense like let's say like I get really caught up in that and then I'm like oh my next album sounds exactly like you know someone else yeah mm -hmm. that's not a good thing like you shouldn't be focusing on like competing with them you should be competing with yourself mm -hmm. always like yeah yeah definitely so. that's definitely important lessons for creatives to learn Hell yeah. Cool, man. This is an awesome interview. Yeah, man. Dude, thanks for I'm coming. Glad through. it's awesome. Thanks for having me. Sriracha sauce? <laughs> Dude, that's going to stick. He's like silently bubbling, like, don't ever No, me. I mean, it's, it's funny. Oh, it's over. I, I, I'm, I'm like drafting up a t shirt in my head. <laughs> you heard it here first, man. Sriracha sauce, the t shirt. Yeah. And uh, I know you probably don't have a website yet, but like, if you guys are listening, go check out. What's your like at so or Instagram? Yeah. Instagram is Sira Sounds. S I R A Sounds. S O U N D S. Yeah, and then you can probably find like once you get your prints ready, you could go find them there. And yeah, oh yeah, I'm gonna be. I mean, I'm gonna announce the. I'm gonna announce it for sure. Make sure people know that they can spend money. <laughs> <laughs> Dope, man. All right, cool. Thanks for coming, man. Good Thank interview. You. Thank you. We'll see you out me. there in, uh, in these streets. <laughs> in these streets. You see Sierra at a show, say what's up. Tell him you listen to the podcast. I'm sure he'll appreciate it. Ask him for some beats. Let's hear these beats. Let's hear these Damn. secret beats. Let's get them out there. Yeah, we'll splice in some of your beats if you're down. Cheers. And cut. <laughs> <laughs> Tears, 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 tears,